the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Welcome to Trails and Testimonies. My name is Kim Fitz. You can follow me on Instagram or you can follow Trails and Testimonies on Facebook. So the original thought of Trails and Testimonies was to be on an actual trail hiking and chatting about our testimonies and chatting with other people. However, due to COVID, we are here and we are now, what, 10 feet away from each other, barefoot on my porch with some coffee. We made it work and I am not hating this one bit. And we're also somewhat near-ish to our friend and to our hero. Katie, thank you so much for coming on Trails and Testimonies. You're welcome. And Katie is an ICU nurse. So during all of this COVID mess, she is out there helping to change the world. I mean, you were taking this on frontline infantry, battling it. And I wouldn't go that far. Yes, you are. You worked, what was it, seven days in a row? No. Nah, 12 hour shifts. It was seven out of eight. I had one day off in the middle. Y'all. <laughs> I couldn't do what you do. There is no way that that would ever be my calling. So I'm so grateful for your calling, for you, and for you accepting your calling. Thank you. (laughs) We always say it's just what we do. (laughs) But I find that in nurses, too, very humble. It's just what we do. And what you do. (laughs) But, again, no way I could do what you do. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for coming on Trials and Testimonies. You're welcome. Or as Chick-fil-A says, my pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So... What made you want to become an ICU nurse? I just wanted to help people. Really, I wanted to be a nurse when I had graduated high school, but there was a bump in the road. I just wanted to work for a while. So I was a secretary in the hospital for almost eight years and actually ended up in the ICU, got very interested in critical care and everything that goes with it, all of the medications, the ventilators, the patients and how sick they are, the families and all the things they're going through. And after a while, I realized I was wasting my talents and went to nursing school. Good for you. (laughs) And here I am. I've been a nurse for eight years now. And have you been an ICU nurse the whole time? The entire time. Really? I just kind of jumped right into it because I was already an ICU secretary. Right, cannonball. So I I knew the lingo, I guess you'd say. (laughs) So you've seen some stories. You've heard some things. Give us an encouraging story. I know that through especially covid you have seen your beds increase dramatically from only having 10 or so. We normally have 12 patients at maximum capacity, but they have extended the ICU into basically what used to be offices. They turned into patient rooms and they created a negative pressure zone for the COVID patients. So when we normally would have had 12 patients, Last Friday, we had 17. 
several of them were one-to-one care with nurses, which is the continuous dialysis or the targeted temperature management that we do for some people when they've had a cardiac arrest. So when they're one-to-one, it really does kind of strain staffing, (laughs) but we always make it work. Have you ever seen that many patients before in the hospital? (laughs) Absolutely not. I didn't know if a full moon one time, like one random night. No, even on the full moon, it's not that bad. I mean, when we have 12 patients and several of them are on what we call CRT, which is continuous renal replacement therapy, which is dialysis, basically, that nurses run. Even then, it's not been as busy as it has been. Other departments have lended nurses to help us as being runners, and everybody's just come together to help us. They know how hard it's been in the ICU. I mean, the ER, it's been tough. In the ICU, it's been tough. And they have um, other units that are for the less sick COVID patients, and they've been pretty full as well. So how long are the patients staying while they have COVID and while you're taking care of them? What is the length of time? Some of them two weeks on a ventilator, but those are the elderly immune-compromised patients. Um, They have been staying on the ventilator for a week or more. And like the patient I was telling you about a little while ago, he was on the ventilator at least a week. And to see him come off of the ventilator and be talking and chuckling and moving to a step-down unit was just amazing because he was so sick on the ventilator just a few days before that. Now he's sitting up watching TV, eating breakfast, chuckling with nurses, getting ready to move out to a step-down unit and looking forward to going home. They're alone. They're there with us. We are their family while they're in the hospital. And I'm sure that's just stressful for them as much as being sick is, is who's going to be my nurse today? Are they telling my family what's going on? Does my family know that I'm okay? You know, it's just scary for them. So if you're listening on the day of release on Friday, today is the day that some of the other companies, uh, according to Governor Kemp, can now open up. And I know that your husband actually owns a gym out in Villarica. Yes. So I know that you're kind of torn on that. What, Without getting political at all, <laughs> what do you feel as a nurse could come from that? Um, it just all depends on the responsibility of other people, whether they continue to shelter in place and still be very cautious about going out and being around other people. Really, it's up to you whether you stand right behind the person in line at the grocery store or whether you distance yourself six feet from them and sanitize your hands and don't touch your face all of the things that the cdc has told you to do you're ultimately responsible for that for yourself so if you decide that you think it's safe to go get your nails done just be sure that you exercise precaution Wear your mask. I mean, I know a lot of people have made homemade masks and things like that. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. If you're coughing or have a fever, obviously stay home. At this point with COVID-19, it's not about us. It's about other people. What we could take to our grandparents if we are around somebody right now and then we go visit our grandparents, they could become very sick, whereas we would have minimal symptoms. 
I understand with the government that they need to open back up. The economy has been in a crisis, too, as much as people have with their health with the COVID-19. But I know, too, a lot of businesses can go under if we stay closed too long. So it's a really thin line to walk. (laughs) It's a super thin line. Anyway. So I feel like that the American people have come together and understand the COVID-19 and how easily spread it is and that a lot of them will continue to shelter in place, I think. I think, too, that this has made a lot of people realize how many germs are out there. (laughs) I guess you would say being close to other people and how they could easily catch things. Flu seasons have been bad before, but nothing like this. And I think, too, in addition to us realizing that deep down we are germaphobes, well. <laughs> as we should be. <laughs> I quit biting my nails. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it's such a bad habit. But I think, too, that it has brought the community together. I think with the rest and the relaxation and the quiet in the midst of the chaos, mm-hmm. that it has brought a lot of the neighbors and a lot of the communities together. Have you seen some of that, even at the hospital? Definitely. We have had tons of people, even other departments of the hospital that have helped support us in ICU. And I know in ER and things like that, too, local restaurants have fed us. Now, granted, we're getting a little chubby, but <laughs> but it's when, you're, when you're running around taking care of these really sick patients, you don't have a lot of time to stop and or go get something to eat somewhere or worry about having to order something or heat your food up and wait on the microwave. It's it's really been a big help them providing meals to us. We don't expect it. It's just a, a bonus blessing that they're sending in these snacks and everything to help keep us going because obviously our our bodies are super tired. Like we were saying, I worked the seven out of eight days last week. And 12, 12 hour, hour shifts. shifts. I don't know. Some of the other things they sent, like people that have made masks, it just is a little uplifting to have a little cute little mask to put on you get excited about the little things just like the crocs that they're giving away right there have been a lot of things online where they wanted to help out healthcare workers i saw where mattress firm was giving away pillows to healthcare workers and you could nominate some of your peers or nurses that you know to get free socks or free little health basket it's like a little basket or something but just random things but things that will brighten somebody's day especially when they've been working so hard I know that again nurses are just they seem to me to be so humble like that's just what we do like what you said (laughs) that's just what we do but for me for somebody that could not be a nurse that isn't so far (laughs) removed from being a nurse I don't know how else to applaud you and to thank you for what you're doing and so a lot of these people are making the masks are bringing you food because that's the way that our community comes together and that we say thank you their little love language (laughs) exactly it's our love language of saying thank you can you suggest any way that anybody could say thank you like that again being humble no i don't think so no i mean prayers are really the best thing right now just lifting us up and you know supporting us With your prayers and everything. Have you seen a lot of the churches come by your hospital? They have. Like one evening I was leaving and I heard music out by the ER and I looked and there was a bunch of, there were a bunch of vehicles parked up there and they had 
Christian music blasting. So I'm sure that they were having a little prayer rally up there. I pray that you feel it. We have definitely felt the support of the community. They've been very supportive of us. I mean, we're not in an urban area where people are out on their balconies of their apartments clapping and applauding like in New York and things like that. I've even seen that happen in Atlanta where they're on the balconies and they are clapping and applauding. And near your hospital, there aren't apartments and there aren't houses. Right. Mm -mm. What are one of the brighter takeaways from this because I know we could easily go in and that's I think that's the hard part too with COVID-19 you can easily go dark and it's so easy to not be so happy about it but we're trying to find the light because God's in control right so what are you finding the light in well as a nurse you kind of have to leave work at work as much as you can and I have two small children and my husband who owns a gym and because he owns a gym he's been out of work for almost a month now and so he's been home a lot and we've just been doing little home projects we just built a house last year so we've been working on landscaping some things just making little flower beds playing with the kids and embracing digital learning (laughs) that has got to be so I am so grateful that my son is four and I'm like okay this is how you write L (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. I don't have to do math right now. Oh, my kindergartner is learning math and it's so cute. But it's it's amazing to watch their brains develop and that she can read Dr. Seuss books. Now, I a year ago, I would have thought you would be crazy to say that she was going to read at the end of kindergarten, but she's totally reading. That's really and impressive. It's awesome. So just getting to spend extra time with your children is a blessing in itself. But just getting to see all of those things that they're doing, I know the teachers have them half of the day when they're in school, and now you get to be the teacher, so you get to see what's really going on, watch them have those aha moments like, oh, I get it. It's also kind of cool to use the technology and do the online classes and things like that, and because we've never had a reason to do anything like that before. I mean, had this happened in the 80s, it would have been completely different. In the 90s, it would have been completely they different. They would have just sent home paper packets, probably. Right. Every week. So much like paper. It, like if you had mono when you were a kid, they just send your homework home. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So how have you seen God's hand work throughout all of this? I think he's just really bringing all of the communities and the families back together. I know in the hustle and bustle of the normal American life, we just don't interact with each other as much as we probably should a lot of that is finances or just busyness or stress but taking away work for some people has brought them back down to reality and working with their families and seeing how awesome and amazing their kids are and also the charity of people I think it's made a lot of people feel good to do the things to help the first responders and the front line And things like that just really blessed their souls to be able to make masks or send in snacks or even just pray for all of those people that are taking care of these patients and pray for the patients. And even before COVID, how have you seen God's hand in the ICU? I know that you have some stories of (laughs) people. Mm. 
Are we talking about? Um... I know there's HIPAA violations, <laughs> so we have to be careful. But I'm sure that you have stories of feeling God, seeing God. Oh, yes. We've had plenty of patients that, you know, you really wouldn't think that they would make it. Like, we've had people on maximum support before recover and walk out of the hospital, which is totally amazing. And just different God moments, like patients having experiences, like when they have a cardiac arrest and go through CPR and come back. I've heard patients tell me their experiences with God and that they knew that it was God saying that they basically felt really warm and like it was very bright and they felt like everything was okay when they had those experiences. And I think even now during all this, that it is going to be okay. You know, we are going to be okay. We're going to be a completely different nation once we come out of this, because Mm -hmm. I think uh, even a lot of us have found more of our deeper purpose Mm -hmm. in life and some people may even start to go to nursing school (laughs) (laughs) that gets to been very cleansing for everyone just you know getting rid of a lot of the noise of life so that they can find new hobbies or um, get closer to God or get closer with their families too I think those two go hand in hand you're closer to God you're closer with your family like you said finding new directions and following them like maybe they want to be a nurse maybe they've decided that they really love all this spring gardening maybe they want to go into (laughs) into gardening I think a lot of people have been experimenting in the kitchen too trying out new recipes and things because they finally have time to do it baking all of the banana bread all of it (laughs) all of banana bread (laughs) I think you know it just gave them enough time to do some things enjoyable Mm -hmm. that's the bright side of all this I think is you know being able to do all the things at home I think when you're in the garden is a perfect time to be closer to God because you see all of his creations and you know there's no other no other way that this could come about if there was not God just like right before we started recording, I saw a bird fly out of I have a hanging basket. And I said, oh, yeah, there's a nest in there. And Katie, you went over <laughs> like, and sure enough, what? we found eggs in the nest. Yes. So we have little baby birds right next to us, which is God's. I mean, it's another promise from God that we are going to be OK. Regeneration. Through all this. And for trails and testimonies, like you were talking about some of the patients that come in and they do recover, that is part of their testimony. I'm so grateful for you because this is a huge chunk of your testimony. Mm -hmm. When your kids grow up and they'll talk to you about what happened during that time and they are older, they will want to hear some of this and part of your testimony. So thank you for sharing part of your testimony on trails and testimonies. We've just never seen anything like this in our time. So at the end of every Trails and Testimonies, I usually have my hiking bag and we're in the middle of the woods and I say, hey, you want to reach in my bag and pick out a quote, an encouraging quote, because I always like to leave on a happy note. It's happy trails to you. Or in the middle of the woods. You've got one thing going for you. Right? (laughs) We kind of are on my front porch in the middle of the woods. (laughs) So do you have a quote during all this that would be an encouraging quote that you could leave? everybody with. Winston Churchill said, never, never, never give up. Who was the guy that sang the song? 
What? Never gonna give you up. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Winston Churchill came first, though. Yeah, Winston so. Churchill. That's a good guy. Guys, I didn't.